Hello and welcome back to Faith Fitness and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood. I want to warmly welcome you to our first episode featuring two guests. The purpose of this podcast is and always has been simple, to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, their best options for post-workout late night meals. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Skull Smash Ammonia, Raw Grip Chalk, Croqueta Strength, and Primate Apparel for their consistent support and encouragement. The best ammonia in the game comes from Steve at Skull Smash. Some of the best chalk possible to find comes from our friends at Raw Grip Chalk. If you need a team with no BS training that's going to stand by you through all the ups and downs, shoot a DM over to the Croqueta Strength on Instagram. Take 10% off your template programming when you mention the podcast. And I'll stand by this. We are humble, but we are savage. Primate Apparel's mentality of standing up to those who would do you ill is a vital part of mine and so many other athletes' training. You can head over to any of their Instagram pages to get some products. If you want to go to the link tree in my bio as well, you can save some money on all of those sites. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with two good friends of mine, Garrett Fear, Joe Sullivan, and you may even hear a little bit of Brianni Terry in the background uh, as well. To talk about some upcoming meets, uh, to talk about the future of powerlifting, the future for all of us, uh, and just the significance of standing up for yourself and recognizing that you can, if you are a powerlifter, you compete in a sport that's accessible and provides an avenue for you to really achieve what you put on your mind to achieve. We talk about the topic of burning your idols. We cover some faith stuff on the back end as well discuss the school system. We cover a plethora of topics. What I will say beforehand, uh, because there are the three of us, it's a little bit more chaotic than it usually is. I had about three hours of content edited down to this hour and a half episode. So don't mind the edits at random points. If you notice that, that was very much intentional. We had a number of technical difficulties, but I won't make you just listen to me any longer. So please enjoy the episode. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere else you'd like to. Please sit back, relax. Let's dive in. Faith Fitness French Toast family, what is going on? This is the first episode featuring two guests. So please bear with us for the entirety of this episode because it is Joe Sullivan, Garrett Fear. So it is going to be a little chaotic. Uh, we're going to be talking over each other a ton. I'm going to invite them on and speak to them one at a time uh, so that it doesn't become an entire clusterfuck. So I'll open up with Garrett. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I love talking to you guys. Joe, we had a bit of technical difficulties on the front end. I think we're up and running. How the hell are you doing? You know, I'm going to be good. I just can't wait to see what happens next on this fucking computer. Yeah, we had about uh, 20 minutes of prepping for this in which Joe switched from phone to laptop to another laptop to turning off notifications. So we are hoping on our fifth try uh, to have a smooth run at this. But we have a great list of topics lined up, uh, everything from talking about burning your idols down, genetics and determination, the upcoming Kern, Garrett's meet coming up in his podcast. We just have a ton of stuff to cover and we don't have a ton of time to do it. So get buckled up because we're going to talk some shit. First question I got for you. Uh, I'm going to shoot this over to Joe first. Joe, you got to meet here in three and a half weeks. We talked about both our meets are on the same weekend. How are you feeling going into it? What's kind of the vibe? Well, um, 
if you asked me that a week ago, I'd probably be super confident and having a hell of a lot of time and opportunity to talk shit to Ransom Lee, who I still will out total. I don't really give a fuck. But um, I tweaked my calf uh, eight days ago uh, on my 782 for a triple uh, squat in wraps. This just furthers my opinion that squatting in wraps is stupid and no one should do it. But, but I hit that triple, kind of felt something weird, pressure in the hole. Um, and it just didn't feel right after it continued to tighten up and just felt worse and worse. I got some body work done, went to squat yesterday. And on my first wrapped warmup, I kind of felt shit shift and move around in the weird, like twisty pulley feeling. Um, and my right leg is probably like 40% bigger than my left right now. Uh, and it's not, not sure if it's like muscular or if I just like blew a lymph node up or something because the wrap was too low. Uh, but figuring it out, uh, just kind of probably going to deload my uh, legs this week and see what happens. But I don't know. Other than that, things are going well. My deadlift has, is actually feeling fantastic, which is just a continuation of the beautiful, beautiful irony that is my life. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be fun either way. We're going to be in San Diego and it's going to be a blast and I'm going to continue to talk shit like I always do and just see people that I don't see all that often. That'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's something that's been missing for the last like year. People haven't been able to do shit like that, which is mm-hmm. great now because we've got the current coming up. We've got the showdown coming up and Garrett, you've got a meet coming up. That seems like it's been getting super, super hype. So how the hell's that planning going? What's kind of the the look at that? Uh, the Hoosier Cup is the meet. Um, not super super hype. It's just it's a it's a good opportunity for a lot of people who um, have maybe thought about doing a drug tested USPA meet. Um, maybe making that switch. Um, I gave those like the people who really are at that a more elite level. I wanted to try to give some of those those people in the Fed an opportunity first, and so I did like a tiered registration system where you signed up based on a, like a qualifying coefficient. And then after that, I opened the meetup for, uh, to the general public. So right now the meet is absolutely open registration. A lot of people, I guess, still don't know that. Um, so there was a, initially a lot of hype surrounding it for a good two days. Um, that's the beauty of the internet, you know? Um, and, um, for the most part, there's going to still be quite a bit of awesome showmanship there in terms of athletes. Um, there's a lot of cool dudes who are signed up. And I think also because I'm, we're going to have a solid live stream for it, that um, it's also going to give a little bit of light to some of the drug tested USPA athletes that nobody's really seen yet um, because there's still been and still kind of is a little bit of like a a funny ring to hearing the drug tested USPA. You guys know they have their problems and, you know, ironically, they made a big post about it today, announced that they were also going to make some alterations to the banned substance list, adding SARMs to the banned substance list, which I think is going to be huge. Um, Obviously following there will be testing. um, And, uh, you know, I'm excited for the expansion there. And so uh, having the go strong Hoosier cup at the same time, um as these changes are happening i think is awesome um there's people i'm excited to get to watch compete for maybe the first or second time ever and uh you know i'm gonna have some really sick people there some sick sponsors i'm 
got a really good group of sponsors sponsoring this meet and um it's it's going to be awesome it's going to be cool regardless and um i'm also that being said i'm also excited for raw nationals i'm very excited to see the competitorship there and you know um most i'm really excited for the 83s i mean inherently you know and uh, i'm excited for the current i get to go out there and commentate that contest and uh get to watch all these dudes lift looking at this roster i'm so there's people here who i've competed with and never talked to there's people here who who absolutely hate me people who i've had instagram beefs with and i'm all in all excited to watch every single one of these people compete here um and just the meet the meets lately and, and how it's been going generally are, are in a positive direction and uh, you know as we're all talking about the showdown as well, they're doing big things as well. Um, I know this was supposed to be about the Hoosier Cup, but I'm just excited for powerlifting right now, man. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a cool fucking thing. Yeah, no, it is. And so, I mean, thinking about the current, I know you're kind of talking about the roster, Joe. You're competing, Gary. You're commentating. Who are some of the people we're looking out for? Who like who who are kind of on the watch list for the next few weeks? Joe, that question goes to you first inherently oh to me um well i honestly me personally i'm most excited to see what and this is hilarious because of the the history there's no bad history it's just funny interactions i i'm excited to see chad lift because he's always been a really good lifter he's always everyone's known him to be a really good lifter but he continues to be one of the most underrated people in powerlifting in 2019 at boss of bosses no it was 2019 he was wrong it's my fucking story he, i was in the warm-up room and i was fucking doing my shit and somebody walked in and was like hey man can you move a little bit over because chad penson needs this monolift and i yelled wait talked way too loud because i'm talking way too loud right now because it's just how i'm wired I said, who the fuck is Chad Penson? And I was looking right at right at him. And I just felt like a big dumb idiot because I was acting like a big dumb idiot and I was being a big dumb idiot. And he continues to be one of my favorite lifters to watch just because he's so fucking strong. He's and he continues to be one of the most underrated lifters out there because the motherfucker just hit like 800 pounds and he's going to compete at 198 on the squat. He is or for like a double or whatever. He, I know that he's going for it this upcoming weekend. He's going to go for uh, 840 for a double uh, on squat. The motherfucker might out-squat me, a weight class beneath me. And as the dude that is like the squatter, that's fucking awesome. And I'm just, and he's a friend of mine. I'm just really excited to see him lift at the meet, you know? And he's just, I really think he's putting a prep together where he's just going to show out like big time at this meet. And it's just exciting to see, but but there's Chad. Why, what do you mean? Like, I'm just curious as to what you mean, like underrated. I don't know. Well, it's and that okay, and that's that's a discuss that's a discussion you and I could have for fucking hours because it's like how do you perceive underrated? Because like everybody loves to be like, oh, the the lifting pages keep reposting everybody, but everybody forgets like King of the Lifts is literally just Ryan fucking tagging or like doing the shit. Mm -hmm. that it's not it's not like oh they're sexist because they don't post girls it's because ryan is a fucking human and just like focuses on one thing and then forgets about the other thing it's not it's 
And then that's that. But then that's the thing. It's like, why are we so invested in these fucking pages reposting people? Because it's just some fucking guy on the internet being like, hey, look at this lift. This was cool. But but the biggest thing is just in the circle or in the, the general buzz, Chad isn't talked about much. And I think if he like the, the caliber to which he lifts, he should be talked about more. Because he has he has a chance, just like in 2017 at the U.S. Open, uh, when everybody else had a bad day and I had a good day, and I came in second place and all, and could have beaten could have beaten Belkin, which is insane to say, but I I didn't. But there was opportunity there. Chad has has a chance to basically be if Hack has a bad day, if he has something off or whatever, or just, is just not feeling it that day. Benson has a chance at winning, like not just the, that weight class, which is the John Hack weight class, beating him, but he also has a chance at taking the whole thing just because he's a really, really fucking good lifter. And I'm just, ex- I'm excited to see him compete. Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean, man. Um, I think my thing is like, I don't think the sh- strong people, like for, and the people competing against him, like ever forget about him. I don't think in, in those people's eyes, I don't think he's underrated whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I think like as a lifter, like that's, that's, that's like an important thing to think about in that scenario. Cause uh, in that respect, man, I remember like, dude, I remember watching Chad at the tribute and just be and like initially having that same thought, but like everybody there also, like, especially after like, yeah, I mean, that guy's one of the strongest guys in the fucking world. And uh, dude, you too, though. You're one of the strongest guys in the fucking world, too. So you better show out and be the squatter again. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. I, uh, I fully intend on taking that rap squat record one calf down or not. You know, quads do most of calf, but it, it'll, 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 it's fine. It just, it just hurts right now if I have to squat a little high in training. I'll just pull a Phil Herndon and dunk it at the meet. You said what? I'll pull a Phil Herndon and dunk it at the meet. Like he says he's Ooh. going I think he's going to, though. I really do. I'm excited for all of these. I know. I'm excited for the whole thing, dude. There's a lot going, and, um, there's a lot going on at both these big meets coming up, like the, the current and the showdown. So that, So this is – and this brings me into something I, I wanted to bring up. I see it more with the showdown because I've been paying more attention to that, honestly, than I have with the current. I kind of forgot it was happening till like two weeks ago. But the showdown, at least, I've been paying attention in the fact that a lot of the – obviously, I'm an East Coast guy. A lot of the lesser known RPS, Metal Militia, all these small feds, all these dudes were up in like Pennsylvania who I just like happen to be friends with. They're all getting in- invites kind of on the second, third round of the showdown, which, of course, brings into – the limelight, the standard of are people going to be able to come into a sleeved meat and actually hit depth without cutting something at an equipped or a wrapped level. And both of you guys are big fans of actually meeting the fucking standard. So am I, I mean, Garrett goes off about it on a story, what, five times a week at this point. So looking at both of these meets, is this going to be it? Like, are people going to finally understand what it takes to actually meet the standard in all three lifts, or are we just going to be eternally caught in this stupid conversation of, 
uh, it could have been their meet day, but it wasn't. I think for the current, that's if we're speaking directly about the current, I think until it happens, it's going to be a little bit hard to tell. Sure. Um, the current has consistently been a contest um, where there's some sort of controversial call. And some people say, like, there's always controversial calls. And I understand that. Um, but it's always been a little more to the like extreme end. It's always been like a couple of squats that are like, holy shit, that passed. Or years where it was like, holy shit, none of those passed. And, mm. um, you know, there's been some, you know, I, I honestly always, Gracie deserves a lot of fucking credit. Um, she'd put, go, she goes through the ringer for that contest every year. And she works herself to the. She works fucking hard for that meet every year, and she just she's been trying to implement a lot of things that you know all of us have been talking about for years. And I would really do look at Gracie in like uh, kind of a trailblazer in that respect, like starting that trend of um, presentability in the bigger meets to the general public. And you know, the one year they tried to do the paid live stream where they had some company doing it and it didn't work out, and then. You know, the 2019 Kern, she had the fucking amazing live stream, one of the best live streams there was ever. And nobody talks about it because the platform got fucked up and turned mm -hmm. up and there was bear at the meet. And so it's like, one, I still think to this day, the bear at the meet was fucking sick. Okay. But the like, I think people like in a way, like still do let like those types of things, like drown out the, the good things that do exist at contests. And things that all play into the grand scheme of like the success of the sport. And so, like I was kind of saying, is we're just going to have to wait till the Kern because to that end, they've still had their issues. Mm. So, is the Kern going to be the meet where people figure it out? I don't know. Now, the showdown, a little bit of a different story. I think, I think, I think the showdown is going to be one where people are like, oh shit, some of those, some of those East Coast guys or, or, um, you know, one, I'm really excited about the Forte brothers, dude. Mm -hmm. I am stoked about those dudes competing in that meet. I'm just about to be name them, drop the names, do it. Oh no, I, I mean it. I mean it in a level of, of one spectatorship. You got to think of like, yeah, I'm a fellow lifter who is involved, but I'm also just like a fan dude. And like, you guys have a, the Forte brothers have a chance to either like fucking flop or like show the fuck out and be real freaks dude mm -hmm. and uh like that's the cool part exactly that's that's what i'm most excited about because i made that i made that stupid fucking IGTV video like a while ago where i was just like i had it set on my desk and i was just talking about raw unity and like the old big meats and whatnot and it's just like this is it's it even with like the more developments that we've talked about where like Core Sports is the streaming service now. We have the chance to have that like summarized version on ESPN and all this stuff. Like it's just it just continues to trend more towards like actual unification of the sport and something that has like never happened before. And I don't mean when I say unification of the sport, I guess I don't mean this is kind of me just talking about it. I don't mean unification of the sport. I mean unification of the competitors, of the participants of the sport. Because at the showdown, it's it's last year most consistent judging I've ever seen. I don't even know if Greeno left the chair at all because the dude was committed to just fucking like setting the standard the entire day. But it's 
the con- most consistent judging I've ever seen, um, the most consistent judges I've ever seen, the most consistent spotting and loading I've ever seen, and the most consistent lifting I've ever seen because that standard was set. It was said, this is the line. This is what is ex- is expected. If you will not meet this, do not come here. Dude, I, I absolutely agree, man. That whole crew is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke d- did a really good job like getting the right people together for that contest. Luke Bright, he's um, the meat director, and he's also Eat Right Foods, and he's just like a fucking all-around stand-up dude. He got some of the coolest fucking people in the game working together on this one big contest, man. JP Price and the entire uh, Strong Barbell Club, dude. Oh my gosh, they're all awesome, man. It's like some of the coolest people you can ever be around with some of the like most like realistic and high standards and understanding for the sport. And I mean, like that JP has a, a literal phrase and it's, it's just not my guys. Like my guys don't do that. Like not at my gym. Like, and it's, it's fucking, it's, he's right. It's true. JP's got the people and, um, I, dude, <laughs> I'm excited to watch people bomb out. I'm excited to watch people who should have bombed out before not bomb out. I'm excited to see fucking crazy world records. I'm excited to see the women go fucking wild, dude. Uh, this is like the strongest. And from this point, you know, we are still, what, what is it? Five months or five months out still just about five, mm-hmm. five and a half months out. And like there's there's going to be drops. There's going to be people get injured. Like this roster in some ways will dwindle. Um, there's, it's it's huge, dude. Um, it's it's fucking huge. And that's even though even though the roster is like guaranteed to have a couple of drop offs, the thing that I kind of focus I don't focus on it, but I, re, I like to remind myself of it. Last meet, last showdown, there were thirty five lifters. That's it, and the whole goddamn thing was a highlight reel. There's like ninety people signed up now, and the whole thing's going to be a highlight reel. If we lose a third of it, it's still going to be insane. First off, I mean, for for any competition to happen once, anything can happen once, right? But for it to then happen again, like I think of like the hybrid showdown is like another example. Like a meet happened once outside of their gym in a fucking tent three years ago. And the next year it was doubled in size. This year is even fucking bigger. I mean, it's just, it, it says something to how the production value, if there's enough heart and energy put into something, it's going to fucking grow. And when there isn't, it falls apart. And we've seen other examples of meets that have fucking fallen apart because the energy just isn't there and no one competes and everyone drops out. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a t- it's a tough thing to do too, man. The Keeping these meets going and getting all of the stuff together year to year. Like, you know, those guys have a hard job. Those meet directors have a hard job. And, uh, like for like Luke, for example, looking at Luke, like all of the new stuff that he's also got on his plate, like that's a lot to take on. And he's fucking at this very moment, he's fucking killing it. Um, I think in reference to the Kern, I still think in most ways the Kern has improved every single year. I think every single year the Kern has still improved. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think that we really can get to a fucking point in the sport if it keeps going this way, which is generally a positive direction, um, 
this this can be something that like people watch like it will and it will never be people when when we say that people still have the idea of like you know all their families in their homes gathered around the television on sunday to watch football at family dinner but like that tradition in and of itself is dying yeah. like it, like the age of the internet is real and so um viewership is very different now and i, I think we can get to a point where um because of these types of dudes putting on these types of meats i think we can get to a point where like people actually want to fucking watch this and can actually stand to watch it and not sit at a meet for nine hours just to watch it or not sit through some um cell phone live stream from the floor you know for six hours to watch their daughter do three lifts you know the the problem we've had is that the majority of the viewership we've had in the sport is just one person watching just one person and no interest on anybody else. You just keep their attention long enough and, and, and give them something good to look at and people will watch. That's how, that's how all sports and TV is, have worked in terms of advertisement. And I don't think it's as hard as people think, um, or I don't think it's been as far away as people think it is. I don't think that type of viewability has been as far away as people think it is. And guys like Luke are proving that. Well, and the and the showdown, if I'm remembering correctly, I think I saw on your page, Joe, is also going to be on ESPN, is it not? So that's the thing. We have a chance at being on ESPN. It's not absolutely guaranteed as of yet, but <clears throat> basically Core Sports is the primary. They're, they're like the, the live stream sponsor. The live stream is going to happen on the coresports.tv or whatever the website is. Uh, the The, the, the uh, the caveat of that is the fact that Core Sports is also the live stream service for uh, ESPN3, which is what the uh, uh, the bench, I can't remember the name of it, but the bench contest that was held at East Race Muscle, that's what that was hosted on. Um, the uh, Thor's fight, that's what, it, like the boxing match between Thor and whoever else, that's what it's going to be hosted on. Uh, and it's what the WPO was hosted on. But the thing about that is it's this isn't, this isn't going to be core doesn't it's not just being streamed on that ESPN three app, like the internet version of ESPN. If basically in the agreement between Luke and core sports, it was stated that if, if the athletes have the day that everyone could have basically as if it's a highlight reel or if there's shit worth watching. So as long as not everyone bombs out, as long as there's no, hiccups or uh, things going wrong, like fundamentally at the meet, there's going to be a 60 to 90 minute sum summary compiled and then put on ESPN, but not, not just the streaming service. It's going to be on the broadcast television version. So in theory, if this happens, if I break a world record, if she breaks a world record, if Garrett fucking makes the uh, whatever the fuck he's doing, commentating, running around, fucking expediting, makes the thing a whole fucking spectacle that is entertaining to people to watch. And if there are stories and build up like the 165 female weight class, uh, people going for like coming in and redemption and showing that they they're meant to be there, this whole thing, there's going to be a summation of it compiled and then put on broadcast television, just like the old world's strongest man finals were done. If anyone remembers watching those after school, uh, absolutely. That's that, that's exactly what this will be or could be next September. Well, isn't it awesome? It's, it's isn't it awesome, dude. That's sick. I lost my shit when that, when I was actually told about that, 
because like I remember like those, that's one of the things that initially got me interested in strength training was coming coming home and seeing like people lifting fucking cars and like Marius Pujanowski like doing crazy shit and just all of that. And it's like to think that we could have that platform and some and this is like this it's the most it, it does horrible things for my ego. But it's, it's like if I could break a, if I could break a world record and then some little fucking kid like walking home from school sees it on TV he's like Joe Sullivan looks awesome like I want to be like that guy one day that makes me freak the fuck out so it's just a potential for a really really cool thing and for our audience to go from here to fucking here yeah that's yeah. exciting dude I think of the little kid watching you saying like Joe Sullivan awesome like looks like the kid in Stuart Little. <laughs> that's like that's what i think because he's like dude he's got the glasses he's got the hair i i'm joe sullivan you are Stuart little not you're not Stuart little you're the kid who played his brother Stuart little is the mouse i forget his brother the kid who was in little vampires find that kid i don't know i know who you're talking about but, I but can't. you know exactly what i'm saying yeah. that yeah. that kid is yep, yep. That's your biggest yep. fan, bro. I say that's fine. That's your biggest fan. It's totally cool with me, man. Powerlifting being like a powerlifting meet, if you like think about it, like really could be condensed in, in there, into 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like every other sport, dude, think about football, man. There's always these stats given out about like the actual amount of time a football game takes versus actual time played on the field. And, uh, like we have that same issue, and those are like that's what needs to be minimized. If anything, that is. Oh, that is the part. I love it. I'm so stoked. Can you That's my hands. This is just this is just like theoretically or like a hypothetical situation. Like if this, if it takes off and it goes well and it's without a hitch and it kicks ass and everybody's like, this is fucking great. Can you imagine like a decade from now or even five years from now or even two years from now where it's literally like the showdown condensed and put on television for this fucking special, the hybrid showdown condensed and put on fucking television for this special the current done the same thing. And then it's just like meet, 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 meet. And then powerlifting is on TV like multiple times a year. The audience is even larger. Kids in school start to see that like, oh, I don't have to play football. I don't have to play back. I don't have to play basketball. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. Or I don't have to. That's not what I like that. I'm doing that now because it's what I do in high school. But like, I don't have these lofty goals of playing NCAA fucking football. I have these lofty goals of playing NCAA or fucking participating in NCAA powerlifting that might be a goddamn thing at that point. Who fucking knows? The thing about this is that this opens up so many potential opportunities or outcomes as long as the passion is still what backs it. And as long as we have people that fucking love the sport trying to move the sport forward, it's as as a guy that loves the sport. It's the most exciting thing I've ever fucking been a part of. And it's cool because, uh, you know, Joe, we've been fortunate enough to be able to kind of watch all of it unfold directly in, in front of us, too. Like, and I mean, in terms of like showdown and these meets over the past five years that have kind of been like the catalysts for this type of thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, it's and even now, like, I think another uh, something that you and maybe some other people realize too, but I think the majority of people don't is like, it's still all playing into like a more long-term goal. 
Like, and that's one thing I think about a lot is the roster of athletes by the time we accomplish this goal is going to be too removed from this one, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one thing that I think for a lot of people um, as lifters, that's, that's kind of why they don't care because they're like, Oh, but this is like, this, this is my time to lift. And maybe it's not like that, but they're just like, this is my time to lift. Like, just give me somewhere to lift and that's it. And, but I think it's really easy for us. There hasn't been a sport that the actual competitors in have so much control over. Like it's, I think it's really easy for all the other high level lifters too, to help in ways to push for these things to happen. And then, oh, showdown is just going to be fucking sick. All these meets, these last couple of years have been fucking sick. For the most part, they've only gotten better. Um, and and to circle to circle back to what you said originally about Gracie breaking her back for this whole fucking thing, like that this this plays into that because the current is at its own issues. But what were the big money meets? What what where did this potential come from before 2016 current? Even saying meets is doesn't help because it was the big money meet. It yeah. was the only one, you yeah. know. And that really like that set a tone that set a, a tone. And that's, and that's the thing. That's, that's, that's the credit. That's where the credit lies because it's the fact that like it, it got, it was 2016, 2017, 2018, and they didn't go anywhere. Even when 2018, like the ju- the judging fiasco that ever, and I fuck, I didn't even fucking lift cause I might fucking damn near kill myself. But like that whole thing, like the fact that, even though there has continually been criticism and there's been like internet fallout and whatever the fuck is going on with it, they never backed down. They continued to do it and they didn't let the external issue or the external criticism from the issues that they've tried to rectify and make better. And and they're doing so they haven't let that stop them. So the fact that they've continued on and continued to have the big money meet, that's what has it's not just open the door, but it's left the door open and given everybody else time to be like, whoa, okay, we can make this work. And not just that, but how can we make this better? Yeah. Well, and you know what, it, what also, I mean, bringing this back all the way to Stuart Little, for that kid who's 12 years old and is like, holy shit, this dude's the strongest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. I hope I can be like him one day. It's a sport where you kind of can. Yeah. Like, you don't. You don't need to have the genetics of, you know, an Odell Beckham Jr. to be like, holy shit, like, look, I'm the best in the fucking world. No, you can just go fucking lift and go work a little bit harder and get back under the bar. You know, everyone started with the fucking bar at one point, right? Powerlifting is also powerlifting is also the most accessible sport for like any kid who's generally interested in any other sport, any kid who has any other sport goes to a weight room at some point or another. Like it, that option now constantly gets represented to those kids. Now, I think that's kind of a cool part too, is over time, given enough people do this sport, I mean, look at this situation like in the sport now in terms of how we've been talking about the athletes versus five years ago. That's all because of exposure of the sport. That's already been happening. That's going to continue to happen. We're going to have even uh, over time, over, I mean, probably decades, you know, but like look at Russia. They have kids who they bring into Olympic weightlifting 
and push them for that singular goal the whole time. We have that here in the US. We just don't quite have that with powerlifting, you know? And um, this kind of opens that uh, even that door for um, further exposure that causes that push. And dude, like we talk about freaks now. What do you think the freaks are going to be like in 15 fucking years, given the current pool grows that much, dude? And like ge- genetics and and that determination are slowly going to and continually play a bigger and bigger and bigger role in how freaky these fucking athletes are. Dude, you know what? We said a 2,500-pound total was insane. That was like our generation. It was like 24 had happened. And when Joe and I – no, when I came in, Joe was in even before me. The heap of Joe probably has totals not even crazy. But when I came in, it was like the craziest things. The craziest thing anybody could ever do is 2,500-pound total. Now, multiple people have did that. And now there's a 2,600-pound total. Like that open – and then – and I think even more so, it's going to – we're going to start seeing like – we're seeing it. We're seeing people like do 2200 at a two to a 10 times body weight at 220, 11 times body weight at 198. Those things can happen. Those things can fucking happen now. 15 years from now is going to be even fucking crazier. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite because I do think some of these lifters we're experiencing now are like once in a, a many lifters, you know, but uh, genetics and determination is always a funny topic. Always. Yeah. And there's going, there's, there's going to be a point of diminishing returns. Like, absolutely. But like what I was going to say when you were going, going on about like, imagine 15 years from now, all you have to do to kind of get a sense of what that's going to be is roll the clock back to 15 years ago. Who were the big dudes in 2005? They're not on any fucking record books. Some of them might be like, I shit, I can't remember, but like some of the bench records, like that, that stuff is, there, there are once in a lifetime lifters out there and they may have come up already, but it's just as a whole, look at open powerlifting, look at the records that, that exist now. A, a lot of them have been set relatively recently within like a five to 10 year time frame. What's going to happen if powerlifting gets on TV and some kid in the, some corn fed fuck sees it. And he's like, man, I'm not just going to bail hay today. I'm going to go fucking squat a barbell. And then we have we have people doing unthinkable things. I remember at not even that long ago, but in at one of the raw unities, uh, Jeremy Hart or not or fuck Jeremy Hamilton hit 2,000 pounds at 220, and that was like to me as a guy that was in the sport and just 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 get it, not getting to be somebody, but just like achieving a level of strength where I could be called like elite or whatever to see him hit that. I was like, no one's ever going to do that again. What, (laughs) how the hell did that happen? That's insane. And then everybody did it. And now it's like, if you don't total 2000 pounds at 220, why the fuck are you at that meet? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if we, if we talk about 15 years in the past, 15 years in the future, Every generation of lifters has had a group of lifters that they've also looked up to. They've idolized in some capacity. They can go spectate at a meet. They can go somewhere like the LA Fit Expo or the Arnold and go get an autograph or see somebody compete in the cage. And especially these young guys, these kids who hopefully are going to get to see these meets happening on TV and get pumped about it and figure out this is what they want to do. 
they can very quickly idolize the people on the platform and they can say, holy shit, Joe Sullivan fucking squatted 900 something pounds. This is incredible. I want to be just like him. And I can hear Joe right now as he's about to say is you don't want to fucking be like me. And in the same way, Garrett, you could say, hey, look, holy shit, Garrett deadlifted 800 pounds and it took him three fucking years to do it after he broke 700, but he's pumped about it. And Garrett's like, you don't want to fucking be like me. Now for the kids, they'd be like, well, why not? And so I would ask you guys, I'll go to Garrett to you first, because you just posted about this. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't kids want to idolize you? Well, why don't kids want to idolize me? Or am I talking? Why, or, I should say, why shouldn't they idolize you or any other lifters for that matter? I'm just saying like, you know, this, this push for powerlifting, right? It's like a lot of it is in hopes that like, more people are exposed to it in a way that isn't like an an escape, like b- introducing to the sport to people as a sport, I think will help that. And in terms of looking up to, to, to me or anybody on social media currently in powerlifting without knowing them is huge. I think it's a weird thing. I think it's a weird thing to do. Um, and that what I more so meant was like, establishing like actual role models um you you shouldn't do that to like people look up to people on on instagram and more so specifically instagram power lifters um to me specifically man i i like i I just am fully aware of my of the shitty qualities i have right and Mm -hmm. i think thinking about that there's got to be people out there who have a bigger following or are stronger or whatever who have even shittier qualities. And it's like, if you knew that about a person, is that the person you'd want to be? And so I look up, you know, the point was that I look up to um, uh, only something that I know is attainable, at least. And that is a version of me, you know, 15 years from now. I look up to what I imagine is the better version of me in 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it may be. Um, I think have like trying to be somebody else is so like limiting like limiting to the like the actual like imaginative aspect of goals really like i think when you your goals changing because you, you're accomplishing them is like a good thing but goals changing because you keep shooting for these unattainable things that other people did is detrimental to like feeling like yourself almost like I think having a goal like oriented around yourself versus trying to be, I don't know, as an athlete, that's a hard thing to say, right? Cause you want to beat specific people, you know, or you want to be better than specific people. So that kind of plays a role in like, and that's the other part about idolizing people in a sport is it's not like you're idolizing, you know, their personality or character, you're idolizing their strength. Right. Um, so even then, I guess saying like playing into the bigger thing of idolizing people on social media, uh, honestly, you're just better off flatly not, I guess. Uh, that's kind of the scheme of all of that. Um, as for Joe, like Joe's always said this phrase that I love, and that's like burn your idols. And like, it's so Joe, you know, it's so like over the top and like destructive, even though Joe really isn't that destructive of a person. He like, it's, it's just a very Joe sounding thing. And you know what? I've never actually gotten to hear like where that even came from. Uh, well, actually, this is the perfect podcast to talk about it uh, because it's 
it's like I, I was raised as a Roman Catholic and I went to Catholic school like all my life, even throughout my college education. And the whole thing is like the biggest thing, like Old Testament God is like big, not not a big fan of idolatry. And basically like the whole fucking uh, shit, I can't remember, the fucking golden calf or whatever. Mm-hmm. He like killed a bunch of people because everybody was like worshiping golden calf because they thought it like made their crops grow or something. And he's like, no, fuck you guys. And essentially, it's just kind of like that kind of that imagery or that thought, but it's applied to this particular instance of not just looking up to people. Because I wouldn't say like burn your idol. I wouldn't say burn your mentors because like that's that's what I think you're getting at, Garrett, is like people need more mentors and less idols. They need more people to basically look up to and use as examples of how they should be good humans and take that into themselves and make it their own. But with with idols it's like it could be somebody that they like want to lift like or be stronger than or compete better or whatever but the biggest thing that that came from for me it's just because like i'm not i'm not a destructive person i'm a melodramatic person like i'm fuck i always like laugh at myself and do like warrior poet sad boy shit because like a bunch of poetry and i'm gonna do the same i did it before her me because i was freaking the fuck out it's a way for me to like kidding i never posted it because it's weird as fuck i showed it to you Dude, warrior poet should be like a character class in a role-playing game, dude. Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, warrior poet. (laughs) I don't care about anything you said now. Anything else. I forgot all of it, dude. Whatever, man. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a melodramatic phrase that I thought of. Because when I went to the Arnold in 2013 or 14, I can't remember, I met people that I idolized. I met people that I looked up to. I met Ben Seif. I met Jesse Norris. I met uh, Dan Green. I met the animal athletes that were in the animal cage. And it wasn't, I didn't have a moment where I was like, oh, I can't believe these guys are real. I can't believe I have the privilege of meeting them. I was very active in powerlifting at the time. I had done a lot of meets. I started in 2007 and I had just done my thing. It was just kind of, I'd never been exposed to that, to, to that portion of powerlifting. And I saw these guys and it wasn't like a starstruck moment. It was kind of a moment of realization where I was like, these guys are just people. They're like me. And then in my brain, when I said they're just like me, I was like, wait a fucking second. I'm just like them. They can do that shit. Why the fuck can't I? And then it got, it got just because the warrior poet, way too complicated fucking chip on <laughs> for no goddamn reason. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I can do this. I'm going to do this. And then I went and fucking tried and did it. And did it and did it and did it, did it. And now I have an all-time world record and people talk about me like I'm somebody to idolize now. And like to your point, Garrett, like I'm not anybody to idolize. I'm another competitor that someone should fucking beat one day. 
Take my shit, take my record, wipe my shit off the board. Because if you have mentors that will help you do that and live your life and be the best person that you can be, but then you also have idols that you don't look up to, that you don't want to save and keep and treasure, that you want to set on fucking fire, go out and do it. Because the only way that you, you like the royal you, just somebody out there, the only way that you can achieve that and then be a mentor to somebody and then be an idol to somebody to be beaten and be a competitor to somebody is to go out and do it. Cause there's no different, there's no difference between me and me in 2013 and Ben C. There's no difference between me and Dan Green in 2013. There's no difference between me and any of those people, you guys, or anybody listening to the, this podcast right now, we're all just people with goals And if you think you can do something and you approach every training session, every study session, every day at work or whatever, if you approach it with the idea that like, hey, I can do this, even if you have bad genetics, even if you don't like, you're not predisposed to do it. If you approach every day saying like, I think I can fucking do this and fuck who says and fuck whoever says I don't or says I can't, you're going to get a lot further along than you ever would have imagined otherwise. Because me in 2015, 16, 17, 18 even, I don't know if I ever thought I'd squat 800 pounds in sleeves. And you did, you did, you did in 2017, I remember, you said it to me. Oh, I guess you never said sleeves, you never made that specification. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I just caught that last second. I was like, Joe, you've been talking about having a world record for as long as I've fucking known you, dude. What are you talking about, dude? Because, because I like, I, I, when I hit the, fu- or when I, uh, like 2016 or two, well, because yeah, remember in 2016, I did Reebok Record Breakers and I squatted like, I think it was like 770 or 777 in sleeves. And I was like, I was big. I was like a fat 242. And I was like, I never want to fucking do this again and switch to raps and did the Kern in raps. And I was like, I don't think I'm ever, I don't, I don't have, this is where the competition is. I don't have any reason to do this otherwise. And it was too hard on my body, blah, blah, blah. And it, and that's, that, that goes into a conversation about how like goals pivot and whatnot. But I just, it's basically like, I never thought that some of the shit that I've done is attainable. I mean, like I own my, I own a business now. So it's like, I never thought that was attainable, but here we are. And it's all, I wasn't, I was never for certain that I would have an all-time world record, but here we are. So if you just go about it and be like, I don't like you, you look at people, somebody looks at me like that, the Stuart little fucking kid on TV, he looks at me and he's like, Oh, I love that guy. I want to like support him and like be like him. I, I don't want that from that kid. I want that kid to be like, Oh, that's so fucking cool. But then I want him to look at me and be like, wait a minute, he's a fucking dork. He's a fucking warrior poet, sad boy, just like me, because the kid is emo in this scenario. I don't fucking know. (laughs) And he's like, fuck that guy. I can beat that guy. That's what I want from that kid. That's the whole burn your idols thing. It's, It's go out and beat the people that you look up to because you can't because they're not any better than you are. That is sick. Go out and beat the people you look up to. I like that. That's That's fucking sick. That's cool. Oh, God. And I I talk about this all, like, 
this is anytime I'm like getting ready for a competition, chatting to anyone in the gym, because I'm a fucking nobody. Like we all are. We're just fucking dudes. The first time I ever went to the Arnold, what was it two, three years ago? I'd never competed before. I just was a part of Liberty's powerlifting club slash team, whatever the fuck it was. And I was like, man, I'm going to go to Columbus. I'm going to meet some really cool people. And I went with a friend of mine who was a buddy of Pete Rubish. And so he was able to get in the cage and got us to the animal event on like Friday night or Saturday night or whatever. And I remember walking into Power Shack and there are hundreds of, of lifters, everyone from Steffi Cohen to Dan Green to James Strickland, whatever, are all just kind of hanging out. And it was that moment. When I'm like just standing there uh, and I was like, holy fuck, like this isn't, these are just people working out in a gym. That's it. Like they're cool fucking people, but at some point they were walking into a gym and were like, hey, look, here's a bunch of people working out. And so the next day when I was in the conference, my entire demeanor around everyone changed. Didn't matter that I'd never competed. Didn't matter that I was just wearing some, you know, animal pack power shack t-shirt and like walking up to Stacy Burr, having no idea who she was. And was like, Hey, you look pretty cool. But it was just like this moment of Holy shit. Like I can actually get to know these people and maybe one day compete alongside them. And I think that's the coolest fucking thing about powerlifting. They're like going back all the way to the beginning just isn't an option with a sport like football or basketball. You can't just walk up to LeBron James and be like, Hey man, like, I'm going to play better than you one day because more than likely you won't. And it's just okay. it's sweet. I'm all about that, but I think it would be super sick to have like professional only powerlifting facilities. Like that Absolutely. sounds fucking crazy, right? Like that sounds Absolutely. fucking sick, right? If we like, you know, it's thinking about stuff like that. Like powerlifting is still so local. Like I don't think it's ever going to not be local. But it would be super sick if it meant something to be a fucking professional powerlifter beyond a guy who has some like in- internet popularity for two years. You know, it would be it would be really cool to see that. I would like I'd love to. I oh that's like that's all that's that's what I want for the sport. I want athletes to be treated like fucking athletes, like they are in every other fucking sport. You know, but I guess that's part of the problem too is powerlifting is in a lot of people's eyes still doesn't look as a sport. Yeah, like when you, you go think? home for the holidays, it's still going to be, you know, your aunt and uncle are going to come up to you and be like, hey, like, how's that hobby like of yours that you're doing? And it's like, well, actually, it was pretty, Worlds was pretty sick. It's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Joe, what are your thoughts on all that? Oh, uh, well, it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't. Like for right now, and this this kind of goes back to what you said earlier, Garrett. Like this is kind of like us paving the way or kind of making this opportunity available for like not the people that are lifting now, but the people that are lifting like five years from now. And even if even if even if it blows up to like a level that we can't even fucking comprehend or imagine right now, it's still it's still there's still going to be a lot of aunt and uncle at Thanksgiving being like, oh, how's bodybuilding? You know, <laughs> it's like close. I appreciate you, but not quite. Um, and it's 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 hard to get away from that. But it's also like a lot, a lot. There's a lot of potential there because if how rather rather so so in this situation, rather than having your aunt and uncle be like, oh, how's bodybuilding? What if what if we are on ESPN? 
what if this is a thing that goes on now? And then even if it's not your aunt and uncle, even if it's not your, your parents, it's your fucking, it's your cousin, it's your grandma or what the fuck ever. Maybe they post it on Facebook and then maybe because it's, it's, it is a big thing to that person. Some other members of your family can take notice. And then it's just the fact that this door is being opened and it's, we're not necessarily walking through it just now. But as long as as long as the meets keep happening, as long as the competitions keep hap- happening, as long as the 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 idols and the rivalries keep happening, and the people winning and the people losing keeps happening, we have the potential to leave that door open just a little bit longer and allow somebody two to five to seven years from now to walk through it. Yeah, I like holistically agree with with that entire concept and that and that change happening. I think it really can. Some people think I'm like stupid for thinking that. Some people think you're stupid for thinking that. But I mean, I don't know. I always say it this way. Like, I don't think Naismith ever thought basketball was going to be as big as it was. The sport has to evolve for that to happen. And there has to be changes made. And um, like that evolving is like what is, I think what the smart, the not the smart, but the, the people who really care about the sport are trying to do is help the sport evolve. And sometimes that's going to, you know, there's going to be changes that people don't like. That's the thing. Uh, It might take away some of the accessibility of the sport uh, to certain degrees, but that's the beauty of powerlifting is it's, it's that accessible all the time. Uh, Anybody, anybody can go into a gym. Anybody can go into a gym. So on the topic of idols too, if I weren't somebody to say, don't fucking idolize whatever. And I talked about idolizing a, an athlete is a little different. It wouldn't be not, it wouldn't be quite the bad thing if there were people around the world idolizing somebody's strength constantly, you know, um, that's what drives some of the best players in the the world in other sports. Right. And I just always think like beyond that, you know, beyond when those athletes are done, when you have that type of goal of being that person, that guy, and ironically, I asked this to a fighter the other night, like, what do you do after that? You know, when you, your pilot thing, we don't kind of have that as much, right? Like pilot thing's a hobby. So everybody's already doing what they're doing. But other, on the guess on the topic of other sports, I can't imagine being in a position where I'm the athlete who has to figure out what to do after I'm done with the sport if I never had any other goals in mind. So I guess talking about that, like, I guess what I was thinking of is like, what would be beyond like an athlete sport? So like for Joe, it's like, what are you going to do once you're done lifting? Like, are you just going to coach for forever? Do you have other avenues that you're like wanting to explore now? And I guess you won't really know until you get there. Right. And you know, you won't really ever be done lifting, but I think you understand what I'm asking. Mm -hmm. I do. And it's, it's kind of, it's a curious uh, thought process because like, you kind of get that that itch for competition and uh you you seek it out wherever you can like that that's kind of to the point what i was saying earlier where like the kids may not start looking for like collegiate football as their thing they're like i'm gonna play football in high school but then i'm gonna power lift because this is it's more attainable it's more suited to me or whatever um that's kind of the continuation of that sense of competition and i don't know dude like if i if I looked at it right now, I couldn't really tell you what my next 
what my next thing would be. Cause it's like, obviously, like you said, I'm never going to be done lifting. I love, I love lifting and I love training as is. If that means that I end up doing like bench only meets for forever or just doing like, like Dave Tate type shit where it's just like heavy stuff when I want move around when I don't, when I don't want to do heavy stuff um, and just try not to beat the shit out of myself too bad uh, or at least do it in a way that I it doesn't kill me or affects the quality of my life. It might be that too. Um, it's, it's interesting cause I'm in Vegas now and uh, I went to Sin City Iron the other day, which is formerly uh, Brandon Allen's gym, Filthy Power. Uh, but Eric Spoto bought it, uh, him and another guy named Eric Asatrian. And the weird thing about it is there's a big powerlifting community at that gym. It's all elite FTS equipment, all beautiful stuff. But there's also a huge uh, component of competitive arm wrestlers. And they're all telling me like, oh, yeah, this is like what we do here. And I had no idea, but Spoto is into competitive arm wrestling now. Oh, yeah. No, he's he was in it when he came into bench press, bro. I didn't know. I didn't know. He was an arm wrestler before he was a bench presser, dude. Okay, I had no idea, honestly. I, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's cool, dude. You know, that's funny that you're saying that. It's like being in hybrid now is really fucking cool, dude. You walk in and it's a bunch of powerlifters and then like boxers and fighters. Yeah. Like it, it and Olympic weightlifters. Like that's the whole gym. It's fucking, it, dude, it's so cool. Yeah. That mixed dynamic. Yeah. And, and that, and that's, that is what's cool about it. And then that, well, that kind of like you saying the mixed dynamic, like that might be, <clears throat> that might be uh, a, a thing for me to key in on because I really enjoy bodybuilding style training. I've always said I've never really had an interest in like getting on the actual competitive stage, but who knows, man, I love, I love training in general. I love that style of training. I love taking a heavy squat single too. Um, it's just a different kind of love for each. And maybe bodybuilding would be the thing. It's, but like you said, I don't really know until I get there and I can't really answer it right now, but I don't think I'll like, I'll, I don't think I'll ever be done lifting. I don't think I'll be done competing. It's just going to depend on what I want to compete in. It might be powerlifting for forever. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Garrett, what about you, man? I mean, what, obviously we're the same age, so I feel like you've got some time here, but like, what the fuck happens after powerlifting? I mean, um, I said this the other day uh, on John and Andy's podcast. Like, if I ever, like, really like, did, just didn't want to do any of this anymore, I would have, or for some reason, like, got removed from it. I would have no issue just, like, going back to manual labor. Like, I'd have zero issue. Um, I, you know, my family is all, like, we've been blue-collar workers my whole life, you know? Uh, so I'd have no issues just like what having a absolutely normal life, like, no, no problems there. Um, but if you know things keep going the way they're going and I decide to do like another sport, if I did another sport, I, I've always said this, I'd probably do like boxing or jujitsu if I did any other sport. Um, but in thinking about all that, like I also wouldn't mind getting lighter and like giving a throw at like Ninja Warrior. And I mean that that shit is so fucking cool. And I'm a little so lanky spider monkey shit. And I, I'm decent at all that stuff now being as big as I am. So it's like if I conditioned for something like that, I think I'd have a really good time and also feel like I wasn't absolute dog shit at it. And uh, 
you know, that would be fun. As far as like, you know, for me, it's, and for Joe too, and I guess this is kind of why I asked, like my entire living is inside of this sport. And it's like, I don't know if I want to make my yearly salary off of coaching for forever. Now, I think I'll always coach. I just don't think I always want to live off of it. And, um, you know, that being said, I think like I'm always going to be somewhere like just involved in like events in some capacity. Like, I think I'm always going to be involved in some sort of um, event planning or something like that. Like that's if I did some sort of like white collar type job, something in that capacity, uh, I wouldn't call that white collar, but you get what I'm saying. Not physical labor. I think I would go into like event coordination of some sort. Obviously, I'd have to potentially make a big shift in presentation, but you know, it'd be hard as shit because my current presentation is just a lot of like, Hey, here's my brain. Take it. Uh, that's probably where I find myself. Um, I think the way I work though, I think I'd always have to be involved in some sport and then my life would then be inside of that sport in some, in some way, if it were attainable. I didn't, I never thought I'd be doing this inside of this sport. I never thought I'd be coaching full time as a job. I never thought I'd, um, you know, be running meets or any of that stuff. And, um, I don't know. It's kind of same as you, Joe. Mm -hmm. It's kind of wherever the world would take me. Well, dude, like think about, think about like my experience, my life leading up to this point. Like there have been multiple times where I've kind of looked at it and been like, Oh, maybe I could like make a living, not make a living off of powerlifting. No one, no one is doing that. Um, but make a living off of like, shit tangentially related to powerlifting whether it's coaching or seminars or training or whatever right and i've tried to do it in the past i tried to do it uh in i i don't i don't know but there have been multiple instances where it's like i've tried to do it and i've been like ah oh, man i it's this is too hit or miss i can't make this consistent i don't know and then i go back and try to do something else i go back into heating and cooling uh, I, I go, I, I, out of college, I worked as an exercise physiologist for the hospital system. Um, and it's just like, I've done a lot of things. I've worn a lot of different hats and I've never, never legitimate. I would have never thought that I could have gotten to a position where I am like right now, where I'm making a living off of my coaching and a couple of different businesses that I have. I'm like, I don't answer to anyone right now. And I always, I always struggled with kind of working for someone else or working on someone else's terms. And I kind of, I kind of just always thought like, well, that's just how it goes. That's, that's what life is. That's what being an adult is. And that's kind of what we're told growing up. It's like, you just follow the rules, do as we say, like answer to this person and do the nine to five and then go, go, go. And that's it. But that's not necessarily like a big thing might be the internet. A big thing might be, the way people live and raise their kids these days, but it, that's not exactly what we have to do. And both Gara and I have kind of figured it out. And I'm not fucking perfect. I'm, stri- I, I, it's, it's uh, the way I describe it is like I'm, I'm making the most money that I ever have right now working for myself, but I'm also the most stressed I've ever fucking been. And it's like I'm most worried about shit and worried about money than I ever have been. So there's, yeah positives and negatives but it's same thing as any individual sport and why we love powerlifting why i love wrestling and all this stuff it's if i succeed i did it 
If I fuck up, I did it. I don't blame anyone. It's not me. It's it's funny when you like don't work for yourself when you only answer yourself to when you only answer to yourself. Like in a regard, you also kind of still have to answer to absolutely everybody because your entire fucking life and business is dependent on that. It's something that like, uh, I had to like stop saying to myself that like I was my own boss. Like I had to stop giving myself that idea personally because it was like I would start procrastinating things and putting things off and stuff like that. It's like, oh, I like that's when you say that it's such a weird form of thinking for me because I absolutely agree with that. I've always had issues working for somebody else, but when I have to collectively work for like all of these different people, I'm fine. It's it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. And you know, like coming from like, obviously, so I'm working at elementary school. We just like, aren't teaching kids how to actually do anything. Like it's all, and it's the same school system we all like went up through. Like it's teaching these like abstract ideas. Like I'm sitting in a first grade classroom, you know, watching all these kids learning about the fucking solar system and gas in space. And all of them look so confused because they're in first grade. I'm like, man, like, why can't we just do something practical? Like I wish in, you know, middle school, elementary school, high school, I learned how to do taxes or fix a car or do something like actually tangible instead of creating the stupid paywall where people graduate college and they're like, well, I guess I just go to work now. And then it's like, well, okay, well, what the fuck do I like? I don't know. So like powerlifting in that aspect, like the whole coaching or uh, fucking what's the holy shit, Joe Rogan, you know, like I'm going to go and host a million different things. Like there's options, but none of it's taught. Like you almost have to just figure it out by yourself because if you don't, nobody's going to teach you it because the system's kind of created to fuck you and not actually create anything useful. Yeah, I think I think that's like a much bigger topic and like that not you know nothing applicable to actual life. Like I, I'm sorry, but like Pythagorean's theorem hasn't helped me out that much. <laughs> you remember how much that was hammered into your fucking oh head? Oh my dude? god! Yes. Do you remember how much that was, that was hammered? In- what did you say? Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. It is like when like those <laughs> things that were hammered into you, like. When did those matter? Like, it's funny how, uh, like, civics, like, like used to be an actual course. Like, learning the law of your, lo- like, locality and, and your federal government. Like, learning the actual law was, like, something you had to do. And now, we're like, we're learning, uh, what's the word, censored history. Like, it's not even history class. It's censored history that a lot of the time still actually really does fit, like, an agenda. An actual, like... Even on a, a local level, like it fits some sort of local school booster lobbying type, you know, whatever this, the term is, like uh, curriculums now are like completely altered based on who's giving the money where, which I mean, that makes sense. Sure. But like, again, there's I feel like there was so little actual applicable stuff taught to me in school compared to the stuff I was being taught as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like I was taught, yes, I was taught like life shit in school, but like I wasn't taught, like I was taught way less of that compared to having to read Beowulf or, you know, 
why is why is the Great Gatsby like a part of everybody's curriculum? I get it. It's, it's like a big good book. It's a, it's a good book. A great book. It's great. It was it's a huge. It's a huge. It's the literature, like literature, right? It's the literature. It's an amazing thing. It's art in some capacity. But like, <sighs> I really wish in high school instead I was learning about the process you have to go through to get. Uh, a business license or a merchant's license or whatever, or, or, or something along those lines, like, or, or that, you know, schools have started doing this more, you know, they have those, like, um, they have like sec- some secondary education stuff that you can do for like, um, uh, more blue collar jobs, you know, workforce type stuff. They have programs for that where you can leave school for half a day to weld or something like that. But like, how come through all of school that wasn't like as pushed as an option, why was our generation so pushed towards college and going to college? Why? Because there was a push over time for college costing more, for tuition costs increasing, and high schools get uh, you know sub- subsidies from orga- from organizations or colleges or whatever when certain kids go to certain schools and so on, so forth, et cetera, or take what tests to go to college. You know, the ACT and the SAT. How- There's schools that force you to take that test. And, uh, you know, all that really does is, is tell is all that test is actually for is for colleges to attempt to read essentially what you or how intelligent you are based on what you learned in high school. And, uh, it's border it's a, it's a borderline racket, man. The, the way their current education system is set up, um, from, from primary all the way to, to, to college, you know, it's, uh, I hate it. I hate it. I didn't fit that mold. I like I I did I was never comfortable in that mold personally. So I guess that's why I have such a uh what's that phrase? No something in the fight. No dog in the fight, right? I guess that's why my dog's in the fight. And you know, some people thrive in that system and I understand that, but I don't think the majority of people do. And that sort of like conforming happening like really alters the chances, changes decreases the chances that we have as humans to have like our own creative life that was another weird tangent again too big of a dog in the fight for that one whole nother topic just a whole nother thing but it also makes sense because like it's it's kind of it it, like college is kind of set up it it's set up just to benefit college it's not there to set up it's not there to benefit the student ultimately like that's the bottom line in a perfect world the education system would be simply there for the student, for for the consumer, for the person in it. And as long as as long as shit is backed by the dollar, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And it's kind of the fuck. It, like you can draw a parallel there because it's if the if the education system is just built for the education system, the the kids, the students aren't going to get anything out of it. If powerlifting is just oriented for the benefit of the meat director if meats are made for the benefit of the meat director and there are some now that are just actually for the lifter because let's say for instance the showdown they're 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 putting the money that they make back into the meat it's going back to the lifter that's where we actually have the potential for change and until that happens in the education system i don't fucking know what's going to go on because like the way i look at it I didn't need to go to college to do what I do now, but because I went to college, I was presented with the opportunity to meet the people that I met that showed me that I can do what I can do and I and got me into this. So if I didn't go to college, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I'd probably be working, heating and cooling in Flint, Michigan, living a mile away from my parents. But yeah. 
I don't but honestly, mm-hmm. like looking at it that way, frankly, that doesn't sound like that bad of a life either, you know? Oh. That's kind of right, right, right. That's like when we talk about fallbacks and I say like manual labor, like like that type of life, like doesn't sound like that bad of a life anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and especially you, dude, your parents are sick as fuck. Your parents are cool as fuck, dude. I know, I know. Ed, if you, if anybody listening to this podcast ever, ever gets the chance to meet Ed Sullivan, you have to meet that guy. He truthfully is one of the coolest and most genuine humans you will ever meet in your entire existence. That's awesome. I'm, I, I want, I'm going to, I don't know, once this comes out, I'm going to edit that clip and send it to him and he's going to lose his mind. <laughs> I dude, I absolutely mean that, man. Ed, Ed is the guy who, in a fifteen-minute drunk conversation, can like unlock some weird, like a life epiphany for you by saying some absolutely indifferent, illogical shit. Warrior poet, crazy shit is what it is. Warrior poet, absolutely. the The family of the the warrior, the Sullivan clan, is that of warrior poets. Oh, man. Well, speaking of a clan of warrior poets, that doesn't have actually anything to do with the next topic we're going to jump into. But on the back end of every podcast, as everyone who's listens to this, I mean, we're, what, halfway through season five, whatever the hell a season means. Uh, and since you've heard Garrett's before, you've heard Joe's before, if you haven't, go ahead and pause it, jump all the way back. They're also pretty good. Two of the questions I always ask on the back end is the faith question and the breakfast question. Now, before we started recording, I'm going to start with you, Joe. Uh, Before we started recording, Joe was like, hey, I'm pumped actually for the faith question because I have something new for you. Now, for those of you, if you've now come back to this episode, heard Joe's episode, he said, uh, I've got a twisted relationship with God. Uh, I say, fuck you, spite me or smite me rather uh, before I squat. And he goes, I'm not dead yet. So I think we've got a good thing going. And so I'm super eager to see what wisdom he's got next. Uh, and then Garrett will jump over to you afterwards. So Joe, what role, if any, does your own personal faith play into your training or your just worldview as a whole? I, I regret bringing this up because it's incredibly awful. Someone's going to be offended. Mo- Someone's Mo- always offended. I'm, I'm okay with someone being offended. Yeah, I know. It's not necessarily an answer to the question, like what role does faith play in? Because I like... To that point, I think there's something out there. I think there's some level of connection, some level of fucking divine. There's something divine. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't think anybody knows what the fuck it is, but I just think there's something out there. Just I don't just because I'm fucking ultimately I'm altruistic. And I think I think I believe in the good of humanity. And if the good of humanity is that divine, if that's God, then I'm I'm into it. So that's it. Yeah, I mean, you know. Since March, like when I first started recording this, I mean, I think the thing that's been coolest, I always have to like preface because first off, the word faith, like for example, like Alex Usler, who had on the show just like a couple weeks ago, I like preface beforehand. I was like, dude, I'm not looking for an answer. Like I'm not. Now there's certain types of answers I'm not necessarily looking for, but there's also like, I'm not looking for a certain type of answer either. And I think what's been really, really cool over the whatever 50 something episodes that there now are, is that there's 50 something different answers. And if I had every single person on the face of this earth, if I gave them a microphone, even though most people really don't need one, if I were to give everyone a microphone and ask them the same question, 
I would get seven, whatever, eight. I don't know how many fucking people there are. I would get that many different answers because for every single person, they're just figuring it out. Like all the way back to our conversation of like, Hey, you look in the cage and you're like, man, they're just like me. I'm just like them. Like we're all just here. And we're just kind of like, man, like, I guess I'll just put a foot in front of the next and just see what happens. And hopefully I don't step in a pothole. Hopefully my calf doesn't pop. My quad doesn't pop. I don't get smited. You know, we're all just hoping what's next. And I think that's been super, super cool. Well, the biggest thing, and I know I touched on it before, but I'm like, I, I have, it's, it's, I describe it as me having like a funny relationship with God or the divine or whatever is out there. Cause I kind of, I, I mock it because I, I, I'm kind of of the belief that like, no matter, like no matter what I do, whether I pray for success or I pray away defeat, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. It's, it's, it's on me and, and it's on me and it's also on random chance. But a big thing, a big part of that is also like, I don't, I don't think that it's going to protect me. I don't think it's going to give me any benefit, but I do kind of hope that like, like I kind of talked about earlier, like the divine might be like the good in people. I'd like to think that that there's a bit of truth to that because I like to think that there there's good in everyone. And like, it's, it's all like, there's a, there's a chance for us to, to be good and to like Mm. make humanity better, like do shit for the common good and for just the betterment of everybody else. And I think that's divine. I think that's divinity. And that's kind of what I strive for. Like that's, and I've, I've kind of had, it goes back to the whole warrior poet thought process. Like I've had, I've had moments where I'm like, like, like this is my church, like that, that statement. Mm -hmm. And like, that might be for somebody that might be going out and like doing a fucking habitat for humanity or something. It might be coaching someone. It might be coaching somebody for free and helping them out. It might be this or that. But I just kind of think and kind of would like to default to the thought process that there there is good out there and it's worth fighting for and it's worth being that good. Um, and just trying, like, like we talked about earlier, like trying to be the better version, the best version of yourself, the better version of yourself today, every day, because that that might be God right there. So that that's that's my thoughts yeah that's sweet and it's a good note for us to end on as well uh if you guys have made it this far i know this is a long episode we covered a thousand different possible tangents and every single possible technical difficulty um but nonetheless uh from the bottom of our hearts we're super pumped if you've made it this far uh we love you guys uh we're excited kern showdown hybrid showdown there's just there's a thousand things coming up so um, by all means, continue to tune into the podcast. Uh, you can find, you guys all know where to find the three of us on Instagram at this point. Um, but if you want to, when I have the time, you can find us on YouTube. If you want to support us on Patreon and give us five bucks, you can do that too. It goes a long way and help me continue to do this. Um, but with that, love you guys. 